everybody. How are you tonight? This is uh, Dylan Dilligab along with my uh, sidekick, uh, Isaac Israel, and we're here with uh, podcast number 14 for Tickle Me Comedy Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We're in for a great night. Uh, our hosts this evening, our, our sponsors this evening are um, Tickle Me Comedy Club and uh, Blue Zone Comedy Tour. So let me hand it off to my good buddy, my sidekick, Isaac Israel, and he'll introduce our guest for this evening. Folks, we're so excited uh, for our guest this evening. I mean, we, we're going to be a, doing a two-parter, one on Monday and then one on Thursday, okay? Because our guest tonight, uh, just just going over his credits can take can take up the two podcasts, okay? So, I mean, what can I say? He's been on Showtime, been on uh, uh, Star Search. He's written for Steve Harvey. He's open for so so many acts, uh, uh, comedians and 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 singers and. And uh, he's been doing comedy for 33 years. He's the number one uh, Carnival cruise ship comedian. Uh, he, he just, uh, and, and we're lucky to have him at the t comedy club whenever we do it. And we're lucky to have him here at the podcast tonight, Mr. Lance Montalto. Let's give Lance a big hand. <laughs> Yay, Lance, welcome aboard. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I wanted to make comment about the mass. That's a good thing. And then he put a it's hole like in it. He so put a hole in it so he could drink, drink, drink through the straw. <laughs> and he can you got to see the YouTube video and see what Lance is doing. <laughs> and he can selectively and can contaminate us by aiming the That's right. I can cough in any direction <laughs> I want. That's pretty good. That's okay. okay. I got a face shield. Let me just so, Lance, shield. I wanted to wait, start wait, out. Wait, wait. I got one. Oh, wait. Here we go. <laughs> So I, thought, like this I, I, I thought I had a big face shield. Lance has uh, one that's twice as large as my face I shouldn't, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be wearing this because it came from China. You don't know what's going on. Ooh. Maybe a genetically modified mosquito <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Did you hear about those? They're genetically modified mosquitoes no. in Florida. Really? Like the government like, created these genetically modified mosquitoes. I don't know, like a million of them. Are they like the danger hornets? Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they, carry, like, they carry all these viruses and stuff. It's crazy. Really? I had a girlfriend that was genetic. <laughs> <laughs> Her name was Barbie. <laughs> so, Lance, tell us a little about yourself. You've been doing comedy for 33 years. Yes. So tell us how you got into it. What, what, uh, what? I was wrapped in swaddling clothes as a child <laughs> and laid in the manger. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're Jewish. That's a Catholic joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, take, our, that's our Lord. Take two. <laughs> No, I, I, uh, I'm originally from New Orleans, and uh, I was a musician for years. I, I had recording contracts when I was 11 years old. Really? With like Stax Records and stuff. Doing TV Would there be anything that we might have heard? No, no. But it, I did national TV commercials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we had one or two songs out. But at that stage, I was 11 years old. So we were... And I was Okay. Were your yeah, parents like into music and, and my TV whole family and were entertainers? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh -huh. My dad was a trumpet player in the big band days. Uh -huh. My mother had a chance to work with the uh, uh, what's his name Nelson Riddle Orchestra. Really? That wow. was uh, Frank Sinatra's yeah. band. Wow. My sister was in American Ballet Theater. Mm -hmm. Wow! And, and you did comedy. And I did comedy. <laughs> well, Harkness Ballet Theater. Yes, okay. in wow. New York. Yeah. Wow. So tell tell us about the first time you were on stage. How'd that go? What tells tell comedy us wise or music? Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, both. Music. I started as a musician. Okay. And then uh, playing guitar. Playing guitar with my two brothers. Okay. It was my two brothers and I. And we had uh, uh, we had a band. It was the Montalto Trio. You know, and 
you know, you play weddings and stuff like that. And yeah. The best thing is people come up to you, and you got a sign on the drum that says Montalto Trio, and I go, uh, how many pieces in the band? <laughs> 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 <That's good>. Democrats. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but then uh, I would always cut up between all the music and songs and everything, even when I was 11, 13, 15 years old. And then when... Uh, like to the audience, so you're just yeah, like... Yeah, between just songs. Cracking songs. jokes. And I, always got, I was always that guy who knew every joke and everything. Cut uh -huh. up. And then uh, as I got older and the band broke up, I started doing the comedy. But I was holding down like three, four jobs at one time. You know? Yeah. Uh -huh. My dad hired all the labor on the docks mm -hmm. in New Orleans. So I was a clerk and checker on the docks, you know, checking wow. everything coming off the ships and all sure, that. Sure, sure. And then I was selling burglar alarms, and, I, and then I was doing, uh, playing music, and then uh -huh. doing comedy all at the same time. Yeah. At like 18 years old, 22 years old. So then you moved away from, you, you, you changed from doing music to doing comedy. When the band broke up, yeah, I went straight to comedy. I started comedy in 1987. They were your brothers. How can you break up a band if it's your brothers? You guys are still going to see each other. Yeah, but it's just we just went in different directions. They wanted to play stuff I didn't want to play. So then you said, hey, comedy's the thing to do. But my, my brother and them were still entertainers. i got a brother that has ten children. Ten. Uh -huh. That's entertaining. And him and his family uh -huh. are actually, they were the choir in the church, the whole family. Really? But they oh were so God. good, they were so good that when people like Celine Dion or uh, Barry Manilow or Reba McIntyre, when they would come through the South and do their concerts, they needed backup singers, and they didn't want to tour with them everywhere, so they'd send the music ahead, my brother and his kids would be their backup singers. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. God. That's great. Yeah. That's a true So my whole family has always, always been entertained. I've got a brother has got a doctorate. In music, uh -huh. music professor and everything. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? It's in your blood. Family. Yeah. Uh -huh. So then, would you say 70 something you started in comedy? I started comedy in 87. Okay. Uh -huh. And how was that? Was that, I mean, you'd no, already no, no, been I started comedy in 87, yeah. So you'd already been entertaining. In uh, 63, 64. Holy mackerel. It must have been like in the crib still. Wait, wait. No, wait, 52. 63. Wow. Still in the crib. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, so, so being on stage doing music and being on stage doing comedy, you know, you, you didn't really have any stage fright or anything because you'd been in front of people for no. a long time. No. No? Nope. I'm one of these type A personalities that I got to do it. The first time I ever was in front of a crowd had nothing to do with music or anything. I was about seven years old. And they brought me out because I was just a wild character. And they wanted me to audition for a play. And I read for it. And while I was there, I was so nervous. I cried. And I walked off because I was so scared of really? crying. So I got home at that age. And I said, that's never going to happen again. Really, at seven years old. And I, I made myself. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? I did, yeah. I did. People get scared when they're like 30 years old, let alone no, seven. No, but I, you know? I'm one of those guys like, that, you know. Uh -huh. I'm scared right now. Uh -huh. Yeah, if you're afraid of lightning, I'm the yeah. guy that 
they can tie to a tree and not, I won't be afraid of it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Great. Can you go home and yeah. <laughs> my wife? Uh, <laughs> I'm scared of her. No, I, I just I just knew that I couldn't not get that beat, let that beat me. Yeah, exactly. How cool is that? And then after a while uh, with the music, that because I was a musician and I had other people behind me, uh-huh. which was great. But then I'd cut up a little bit in between. But then when I became a comic, it was kind of rough a little bit because it was just me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then you got to do it. So. I worked my way up to it. Yeah. Mm. So the years went but by. But they didn't even have comedy clubs when I started. And this was in New Orleans? They had talent shows, gong shows. Mm. And then when I got to be 18, 20, uh, I would go to Bourbon Street and open for strippers. <laughs> <laughs> Which you see my act now, that's the way I am. Because it was a great learning experience. Because you got to get their attention. Yes, because right, they don't want yeah. anyone to see tits and ass. They don't want to see me. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to get them on your yeah. side. How so do I was you in their them? face constantly. How do you do that? Yeah. You're just in their face. You know, uh-huh. I had to take nothing from anybody and just fuck yeah. with them. <laughs> and that's, you know, but I, that's, that's how I learned. But I learned from watching my first two heroes. When I saw them do comedy, I went, God, that's what I want to do. was Richard Pryor. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh-huh. Yeah. This day, so 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 Richard so, Pryor and George Carlin. <laughs> so so wait, 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 so Lance, let's read that. Okay, I'm in a strip club right now. I'm looking at some women, right? And you're right there. I know you're there, but I don't want to listen to you, right? I'm like, oh, look at like I'm. Just it depends. It was most of it was all at the top of my head because oh, okay, they'd okay. heckle. Uh huh. You know, when I do your club, sometimes somebody will say something. Yeah. And yeah. I say it off the top of my head, and I'll rip them, and then uh-huh. when the show's over, I even forgot what I told them. Yeah. Yeah. You know oh, okay. I mean? So like, yes, yeah, so like, so. <laughs> I had a woman one time, th- this is the sickest. Uh-huh. How'd she tell me? And I've heard so many comics do it now. Okay. But the joke was, uh, she wouldn't shut up. Uh-huh. And I said, shut the fuck up. And she still wouldn't shut up. And I said, you know what? I believe that you're the reason that blowjobs were invented because someone had to shove something in your mouth to shut you the fuck up. Boom. <laughs> 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 She was pissed, but I don't give a Did it shut her up? The audience no, did, oh yeah, that's the, the key. Audience. That's the key to comedy. When if someone's gonna heckle you and you go eye to eye with them, they're gonna heckle you all night long. But if they come eye if they heckle you and you hit them right in the crotch, they're gonna shut up. Right. Like that. And the rest of the audience will then stay you on got your control side. Of them. Yeah. How many people were there that night? Like Oh God. I don't remember. It was so many years ago. It was about maybe hundred and fifty. No way. <laughs> so 150 people watching girls and then you on the side telling yeah, jokes. Yeah, it was a big strip club. And there's no music, though. There. There's no music because you're telling the jokes, right? Or was there a little bit of background music? Look at Sapphires. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. When you yeah, work Sapphires, you that's why I just have fun bit. with them. I just cut with the yeah. people in the audience. Yeah. For you guys who don't know, Sapphire Comedy Hour is uh, one of the first shows I did here about 10 years ago. That was great. And we still have uh, the comedy show once a week on Saturdays. Yeah. And Lance has performed there. Do you want to so. know what it is in Sapphires? This was great. Oh, my God. This was so filthy. Do you remember the first time I went on? I that said, can I say ago. anything? Can yeah. I say anything? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah. I said, really? I can say anything? It's and a radio yeah. so room. I said, okay. So when you walk on stage, there's two strippers would walk you on stage, and they'd dance around you go off. <laughs> it was so sick. And I looked at the crowd, and I went, you know what? It's a great place. 
But the owner told me before I went up, you know, this is where you're working. You don't shit where you eat. <laughs> I said, but these two girls are so hot, I would eat about that far from where they shit. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> How'd that go over? Oh <laughs> they died laughing. Oh, but it's so sick. I know, right? I just said it off the top okay. of my head. <laughs> I asked him first. I said, Can I say anything? Because it's going to be way out there. It's way out there. Yeah. So, like, yeah, with Sapphire, like, jokes about sex and stuff are actually encouraged. Yeah, yeah, they're encouraged. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know, Lance, that's uh, our par our, our career is parallel because I did no, my, my whole act isn't like that. Well, I know, but my first my first act was at Sapphire's at the Gentleman's Club. Oh my God! Because we had an open. See, when I worked Carnival, I do five different shows. I know you do. You know, you're doing three adult shows, and then you're doing two family shows where I could have three year olds in the audience, and I'm cutting up with them and having fun with them. So I'll work to the Pope. If the check clears. How, how, how do you how do you make these three year olds laugh? A lot of physical comedy, or yeah, just a lot of fun. You, well, you bring them on stage and you whisper in your in their ear and you make them tell the joke. Oh, that's oh, which okay. is really good. That's and a good you have fun with them, uh -huh. you know. And then uh, you 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 play with the family and all and you talk to them and everything. So but that's one of my. All, I have about an hour of family material and stuff. That's, that's one great. of my comedy goals is to get a cruise ship slot. I've been on dozens and dozens of cruises. And it's so, so hard. It's going to be so hard for anyone yeah. ever yeah. Yeah. new to do a comedy show on a cruise ship because the comics who are working there for years aren't even working now. I know. Yeah. But that is, I, I do, things are going to get back to normal at some point. And so that's going to stay on my bucket list is to do, um, to do a, a, a cruise ship. So a couple times I've, I've, I've befriended the comics that are on the, on the cruise ship. And one guy, while he was tuning his, his guitar, it took him like five minutes, he gave me the mic and said, take care of the audience. So I got like some free... Yeah, yep. that's when you really have to... Yep, and then one time, yeah. this one time I got on a cruise ship and I asked the cruise director if they had comedy. Most of them have like open mic or comedy club. Nope, we don't do that anymore because we offended somebody once. But do, so what I said... to be honest? I'll go ahead. So what happened was I said, well, um, can I do any comedy? She goes, yeah, you can open for one of our shows. So it was in the atrium with all the decks that go all the way to the to the top, and there were 500 people there. She had no idea what kind of comedy I did. I could have been filthy, dirty, whatever, and she gave me no time limit or anything. And I just, I, I think it was about 15 minutes, and I had the place roaring. It was awesome. But, so let me ask you about that, your opinion about that. What do you think, like, let's say um, comedy clubs open again, you know, with the way everything is, has to be so politically correct. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to comedy clubs? You know, people sneak their phones in all the time and record stuff. Well, you know, here's what the do thing. you going to happen? Here's the thing. I don't care what anyone in the world thinks about my comedy. Mm -hmm. I'm at the stage right now to where most people go on stage and they try to entertain the audience. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. You get to a stage in comedy where you realize you know what makes you laugh, and you know what you love and what you're funny at. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a room of 500 people and 50 of them don't like me, I don't give a shit. Yeah. They can leave. Yeah. Because there's 300 million people in the United States, if 100 million don't like me, 200 million are gonna pay a cover charge to come see me. So as, lo as long as, that's what happened with uh, Eddie Murphy. No, but that's what happened with Richard Pryor. You look at Richard Pryor, when he used to be on the Ed Sullivan show, he was Bill Cosby. Old, old videos. He was yeah. Bill Cosby, so clean in a suit and everything. Yeah. Then when he became Richard Pryor, he changed his whole life. 
and uh, he his audience found him. He didn't play to an audience. No, no, but, but but it's on a whole different level now, Lance, because now, you know, potentially comedy clubs could be canceled. You know, if so, someone brings in a phone, records something, it's uh, racist or sexist or whatever it is, now comedy clubs could be closed down oh, because so of that. So now what you do is say no phones allowed. So and no you phones allowed. phones at the mm-hmm. door. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. One yeah. of the, so, well, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. But one of the things that I was thinking uh, about. Kevin well, Hart. Uh-huh. When Kevin Hart does his shows, yeah. he takes all the phones. Yeah, he got, he got, does he? He got in trouble. Well, here's the thing. Kevin Hart got in trouble, like for something he tweeted like eight years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he lost the, the, the Oscar. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Did he, he confiscates the phones before he shows. I think all the big ones do. Yeah, yeah all, the, the phones. all the Sarah Lever comics come. Yeah, you can't, like Dave Chappelle, all of them. Chappelle's my favorite comic on the planet right now. Really? Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah he is pretty funny. You know why? Because you look what he's done in the past year, he's done four specials. Yeah, I mean, and he won the Mark Twain Award also. Oh, brilliant, and he's well-deserved. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. I love the one, did you see the one uh, show that he did where he starts it with the punchline of a joke? Oh, yeah, yeah, one of his specials. He goes, I don't he write indeed. jokes anymore. I just write, I, I, got, a, I got a fish bowl in my room, uh-huh. and it's got punchlines in it. He goes, and I'll pull it out, and then... I'll write the joke later and use the punchline. Yeah, just use the punchline. Here's the punchline. I'm going to tell you right now. I know what it is. is yeah. And then I kicked her in the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and, that was it. and then he does the his whole, whole show whole and he special. tells all these stories. And then at the end, all the stories combine to that and he gets, and his last line is, and then I kicked her in the pussy and the room goes nuts. It was brilliant. That's brilliant. I don't think I've seen that. I have to be. You got to see it. Oh, oh, it's it's oh. absolutely brilliant. That's oh, when you know you're a good comic when you're thinking yeah. in punchlines and Because of he knows. No matter what he says, his audience loves him. He doesn't yeah. play to his audience. He doesn't play to anybody but what makes him happy. He puts a product out there, and you come to him because yeah. you want to see that's that right. product. That's, that's right. Okay, that's cool. I like that. So, uh, and then at my stage, believe it or not, when I'm on stage, the laughter is not what makes me happy. What makes you happy? You know what makes you happy? When you get to the a check. Certain, no, not even that. It's the silence between the laughs because... They're waiting to hear what you have to say. You got them hypnotized. Or they're thinking... But if you're on stage and... I listen for the silence between the laughs because if you're listening, if you're on stage and you hear people talking, you don't have them. But you'll see me on stage sometimes where I pause and I'm just walking back and forth and I'm just listening to the silence because they're waiting for me to say the next thing. Yeah. Man, that must be really hypnotized. good because I got silence That's the whole That's the best room, feeling <laughs> in the world. Is yeah. it really? When you really got the whole room going. Yeah. What's he gonna say yeah. next? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty uh-huh. cool. Yeah, and okay, that's good. So, all right, I wanted else? to uh, I wanted to get both of your opinions on something. So no, <laughs> <laughs> well, I kicked her in the. So, <laughs> so I feel like uh, a lot of comedy clubs need to, because of what's going on right now, need to be careful with the comedians they book and and things like that, and if somebody gets offended, they can't book the comedian and things like that. And um, so, and they're trying to play it safe. And a lot of them will, will play it safe. The ones but that will make th- it won't play it safe. The com- comedy clubs? Comedy, comedians. No, no, I mean the comedy clubs. Oh, the clubs. Now you have the owner, right? You have the owner just thinking about, you know, it, just, it becomes no, a fi- no, business no, no, and financial no, decision. This is what you have to do. 
you have to have a sign out front saying, this is stand-up comedy. If anything offends you, you don't have to just walk out and you don't have to be in this room. That's not going to stop no, it's a, no, but it's as simple as that. I know. If anything offends you. To us logical people, that would be okay. Yes. But you've got the people that aren't going to pay attention to that sign, and they're still going to Have it complain. on every table. Yeah, well. Every table. So, so we you already told you it's on your table here. It's out in the front, in the lobby. It's out by the elevator before you come up. I, I, have it on every table. I agree with you, and I'm just this playing is stand the up comedy. I'm just playing the devil's yeah, advocate. You always not, got people. Yeah, this is not political or correct. Uh, well, yeah. Sure, we know yeah, that. That's a good point. Like, give them, give them a warning on the table, ten cent on the yes. signs. Yeah. Well, then they, then they start to cancel. That's, that's interesting. And you that's have to defend yourself. As the you comedy. always have to defend yeah. yourself. But it's worse because now you've you they, you offended me, and now you're playing. You're playing defense. So here's the thing. You ask Jerry Seinfeld, you ask any comic on the planet, none of them, not but one we're talking comic, about, will ever work at college again for the rest of their but life. But we're talking about now, with the yeah. way the political stuff is now. That's what I'm saying. That's why we don't work right. colleges. Right. And, and, but it's got, it seems to me that it's gotten a lot worse. You say one little thing offensive, and the whole wide world knows about it. And then you're playing defense to defend what you were do doing. And one person. Here's here's where I want. Here's here's where I need your opinion now. So as the owner of the Tickle Me Comedy mm -hmm. Club, I want to set myself apart from the other owners. Mm -hmm. By I was okay. This is this is an idea I had in my head. All right. By uh, specifically booking the most controversial comedians. Yes. In the because like the ones that get banned. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because. Um, for a number of reasons, right? And, and I thought this out because I want people to know that, you know, when pe when comedians say offensive jokes, that maybe they're not completed with a joke. Just call yet. it the politically incorrect comedy club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, mm -hmm. that. But 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 I mean, in terms of public policy, right? We're talking about public policy. We're talking, talking about public over. policy. So. So when a comedian tells a joke, sometimes the joke's not finished yet. It's still evolving, right? Mm -hmm. So you're catching it at the beginning, okay? Another reason is I just want people to focus on the art and not the politics behind the art, right? Part of my art is actually watching the other comics that go on before me. <laughs> and then I make jokes. I do it off the top of my head. I'll have five or six jokes by the time I go on just what I see in the room. When he told, when he did that, what was the thing outside with all the cars? Oh, oh that, the Dreamland Drive-In show. Yeah. The yeah. Drive-In show. He goes, you want to do it? I went, I don't know what it is. I'd have to see it first one time to get an idea what it is, and then I'd do it. Did you I do said, it? No, I didn't do it because it's only 90 days. But I said, uh, I said, I got a joke for you you can throw. I just wrote. He goes, what's that? I went, I said, go on stage and go, this is great. Look at this. Everybody's in their cars and everything, and it's wonderful. He goes, the only thing about it's bad about this is if your act really sucks, it really looks bad when about eight cars leave. Yeah, yeah, and I said that on stage, like the <laughs> second night or something. And it killed. And it, and it killed. Yeah, 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 it was so good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That was a great, yeah. a great show. I did that. Yeah, I was, I was there. Were you? 
Yeah, that's right. I was yeah. at it one night, and then that's after right. you left, that's what, after I left. I didn't see the rest of the show. Yeah, that, that was awesome. I was a little apprehensive. I, I was very surprised on how well it was. It was it Once was I great. saw what was going on, I went, oh, I could do it. I would have blast with these guys. And, and, you know, we've talked about it before, but the, the feedback from the audience was a little bit different. It was honking horns, yeah, yeah, flashing yeah, lights, a yeah. few people at the picnic tables. But, I mean, it, it was it great. It was fun. It was really good. I was there. I thought it was pretty great. You didn't have to ask who was from out of town. You could just look at the license plates and see. <laughs> see, you should have said that. Did you say it? Somebody did. That's I stole right. it from someone. But, but real quick, guys, going, going back to that original okay. point, put on your you know your, your business hats on. All right. As a comed- as a uh, an owner of a comedy club, would you do that? Would you do what? Would you would you would you brand yourself? Change your branding. Yes. And 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 be the club that 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 hires the most of you know. And you'd have the, 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 the most controversial. Constantly. Controversial yeah, you have to advertise it constantly because then they know what they're going to get before they be, they're there, so, which is perfect. I don't know. Then, we, then, we, but here's the thing: we would have to cater to the crowds yep. who like the most controversial. I'll tell you what they do on Carnival Cruise Lines. Outside of every comedy club, on each door, there's a uh-huh. huge screen like this. Okay. And it shows the night I'm working and the show that I'm doing, uh-huh. and then. If it's the family show, it says PG, family, everything. Blah, blah, blah. And then when I do the adult show, it says adult only, offensive humor. If you don't, if you're if anything's offended, there's other places to go to, you know? But, so. Well, that's my, my thought is that's a, that's a unique niche. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Business what do you mean, the niche of? Of, of controversial of comics. People, I'm not people sure. People who like controversial know. comics. First really of all, funny. are there enough to you fill? You don't have to say controversial. Just I'll sit with you. We'll work one night. We'll uh, figure out a way to go with it. Yeah, because yeah, it's a good idea for all that pre-advertisement. Psychologically, right let me tell you. Even like I say on Carnival, if I when I finish my family show, uh-huh. I set them up for the adult show. And at the end of the show, I said, tomorrow night I have an adult show, I have a family show in the morning, in the, in the early show. Uh-huh. Come on out and see it because it's completely different what you see now. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow night I have an adult show, but it's adults only. Uh-huh. Children 18 and under cannot get in. It's very adult humor. And I'm letting everyone know if anything offends you, it may not be the show for you. Yeah, exactly. And then they say it before the show. Uh, and then uh, George Lopez would come on in the screen because it used to be George Lopez's comedy club. Yeah. And uh, he would say, very offensive humor, if anything. Now George Lopez isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, the, it says, it used to be George Lopez's punchline or comedy club. Now it just says, punchliner. Punch uh-huh. So I'm on stage one night and somebody goes, what happened to George Lopez on the screen there? I said, we have a new president. He's Mexican. He's on the other side of the wall now. <laughs> yeah, he's on because the they got a brick wall but, behind it. He's on but, the other side but, of the wall. Know, Lance, I, I like what you're saying. They're just yeah. give them tons of warning, and that's that's enough. That, that's going to be right. And I could st- we could still be the club that caters to. Do you think? Comedians, do you I think, think uh, Kevin Hart or, or or Dave Chappelle anything cares what anyone thinks about no, what he says? Well, at this well, point well, in their life, that's what I mean. Isaac is talking about as the as the club owner. Is he going to get flack no. for that whole deal? Yeah. So the comedians, I agree with you. You're the always going to have someone that doesn't like you. So what? But, but you now, know, Carnival, Carnival always gets people in the audience that don't like it. But they tell them that we advertised it beforehand and we told you. Uh-huh. 
So there's no reason to write anybody up or be upset because we tell you it's in your program in your room, it's on the screens, it's when you come in they advertise that it's adult humor, yeah. and then you're going to come out and you're going to bitch because you didn't like what was going on. I think that's what happened with the other cruise line I was telling you about, Snobby Cruise Line, is um, when I asked the cruise director if they had comedy, oh no, we offended somebody once, so we stopped doing comedy. And I thought... What cruise line was it? I really don't want to say, but it, I, they thought they were like princes and princesses. I don't no, know. No, they were princes. <laughs> they they were royals. Well, you know, that's, you know that's, uh, that's owned by Carnival. Yeah. Carnival has 26 ships. I know they do. Carnival Cruise Corporation has 127 ships. They own every cruise line except for Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and Disney. Wow. But they're uh, all parked. But you know where I made all my money Where's since that? the pandemic? Where? I bought Carnival Cruise stock. So did I. It was fifty-one dollars a year ago. Yeah. I bought it at eight dollars. Yeah. yeah. And it's on its way back. Put a ton of money in it, and now it's like right now it's at fourteen. But if you hold on to it, it'll be at fifty yeah. in the next year or two. So, yeah. so, so talking about Carnival Cruise Line, um, I was I was so I just did my sixtieth cruise. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly on Carnival, but um, you, you ever wonder what happens to old cruise ships? They, they just let go of three of them. More Man, than you know that. what I think off the mask? <laughs> so Lance, for those of you who are, are just on the podcast right now, he is sipping through uh, a straw, a straw uh, sipping a straw through um, a bottle, uh, through his mask, through a hole in his uh, uh, face mask, hospital-grade face mask. I'm going to vape in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jack, you're saying? So, I, I've, I got in this thing. I, I, was, I was on the internet the other day and seeing what happens to old cruise ships because all the, the headline was all these cruise ships are parked because they've all canceled their their twenty uh, yeah. fiscal twenty cruise schedule. So I said, well, so what do they do with all these ships? Well, they parked them somewhere. I can't remember where it was. They're everywhere. But then they talk about the ones that they that they're going to salvage or dismantle. The fantasy, the fascination. All three though, the, all three of them in that class, the fantasy class. Since the nineties, though, that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. But my, they're old. My favorite cruise ship, and you've probably been on it, Monarch of the Seas, Royal oh, Caribbean. Yeah. yeah. It's Huge, now right? it's still cruising the Mediterranean under another name. It's just called Monarch. But yeah. that was my that was my all time favorite ship. You know, uh, Carnival has three or four brand new ships they're right. building. Yeah. So they're very smart. What they do is they take the old ships, they scrap them, and they use that metal. Yeah. And build the new ships. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but they're nut per month. Just yeah. to stay yeah, alone now. Yeah. $690 million a month. That's incredible. Oh, man. A month. That's a lot of PPP money. That's a lot of PPP money. That's like SBA money. I wouldn't right be surprised <laughs> if they claim um, uh, bankruptcy. Bankruptcy for reorganization. Yeah, 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 something reorganization. Like that. You're in stock, aren't you? Let me ask you a question. If they go Chapter 11 uh-huh. for reorganization, is that what it is? Yeah. Right? Okay. If they go Chapter 11 uh, and I have stock, uh-huh. is there a chance I can lose all of that stock? Or if I hold on to it and they come back, after reorganize, okay. can I still keep that? Yeah. So if the company closes its doors and does not come back, They'll be back, but they're okay. just going to reorganize. So, so th- that'll make the stock go down, and then they'll come back up again. Yeah, and I'll so. buy it again but when it goes if down. They, if they close their doors for sure, yeah. you lose that money. You know, another you will stock I put a lot of money uh-huh. in, I got it for a dollar eleven cents. What? I bought Planet Thirteen Holdings, the oh. pot store here that's owned by Mike Tyson. Yeah. 
I bought it at a dollar eleven cents, and right now really? it's like three sixty. So, so let me finish what I was telling you about the cruise ships, because this is the best part. So then I thought, okay, so they, if they don't repurpose them or whatever, what do they do with them? And so I watched this YouTube video. Do you know what they do? They they strip out all the good stuff, and then they take it at full speed, and they run it up onto a beach at full speed, and then they dismantle it from there. It is the coolest ever really? YouTube. It is awesome really? to watch it. Yeah, they go freighters, cruise cruise ships, old cruise ships. They just wow. and the horn goes and it goes. Bam! Right up on the shore. There's a lot awesome. of yeah, but there's places in the Bahamas in uh, can't think of where it is. It's not Nassau. It's the other island from there, where they break down and rebuild all those. Ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is when they're gonna break them up and, and dismantle them completely. That's great. But yeah. So, all right. Well, this is a, a great conversation, and we're gonna continue it in part two, on our next okay. podcast. So, yep. ladies and gentlemen, this hey. is. Uh, I got straws. You need a straw for <laughs> And they're plastic, California. Are they reusable? They're plastic oh, and no. reusable. No. Oh, hey, no, 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 hell no. Cancel. When I leave here, I'm going to go out to Lake Las Vegas and tie them around turtles' necks. Oh. <laughs> so on behalf of Isaac Israel uh, and Tickle Me Comedy Club and the Blue Zone Comedy Tour, I've been Dylan Dillagaff, and this has been our podcast for tonight. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks, everybody. Good night. See you, guys. See you.